your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-75-7914 is the talk and text line. We want to get in here. Dr. Anthony Tregoski, UW Lacrosse political science professor, is in here. As he is usually on a Friday, he's Twittering right now. I think he's going through Twitter, <laughs> checking to see if anyone, any checking your mentions. I think checking that's my mentions. Yeah, got to manage my reputation. Um, we didn't we didn't talk about this last week, and I I we were going to do it at the end of the hour, and then I just blanked. If I don't write it down, and so I'm going to do it without even giving you an update. But um, no, is it Dan Bongino? Yeah, yeah, Dan. Uh, Dan Bongino is is taking over the like Rush Limbaugh spot on our airwaves, and he's been on for the week now. And um, Dan Bongino and you don't follow each other on Twitter anymore, <laughs> or you can't. He blocked or- me, and <laughs> I have no idea why. I went to his page, and it said, you are blocked from viewing Dan Bongino's tweets. You can't follow him. Go away. Would would you have at some point in time maybe retweeted a Dan Bongino or added at added Dan Bongino on on Twitter and maybe but I, maybe I said something to offend him but I have no idea what that would be. So Dan Bongino canceled you. He canceled cultured me. Unbelievable. I mean, you are just. I mean, <laughs> a firebrand, right? <laughs> it's just hard to follow your politics on Twitter. It's it's just conspiracy theory after conspiracy. Oh, wait, that's Ron Q-Anon. Johnson. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, that was one of the things we wanted to talk about. Ron Johnson. I sent you his uh, press release that he sent today. He's going to have uh, families and a packer. <laughs> he just throws that in there. He doesn't say who. So a packer. I mean, if we just said Brett Favre, I think it would have got a lot of attention. But obviously, it's not Brett Favre because if it was Brett Favre. Then you would say that because then tons of people would tune in to listen to your Monday press conference with uh, families brailing against the COVID vaccine or Johnson and John- I don't. The, is he mad because it, there's a Johnson and Johnson vaccine and he's Ron Johnson? He wants well, royalties. There only could be one Johnson. Yeah. So he's, that is it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Rick. If only it was so simple, Rick. <laughs> He's going to hold an event on Monday talking about issues with the vaccine, talking about people who have had unfavorable reactions to the vaccine. But the thing is, Rick, like, this is well studied. Like, we know that there are some side effects from the vaccine. Heck, when I got it, I had a fever for a couple hours. I had a sore arm. Yeah. We know that there are some side effects to this vaccine. I turned into the Incredible Hulk for a little while. It was bad. Turned you know? green. You turned all green and your muscles started bulging. Yeah. and Closed and fit. Actually, clothes still fit. I didn't get any bigger <laughs> from the pandemic. Stayed the same size. It's I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Because there's a difference between anecdote and data here. Like, Ron Johnson can absolutely find someone who thinks that they had an adverse reaction from this vaccine. You can find I mean, one there's person. Two, there's two guys in this room right now yeah. that had quote-unquote adverse because right. adverse can be anything. Like, yeah, my arm, it was hard to lift my arm, I think, this, if after the first shot, 
for a little while. And I was like, well, is that the vaccine or right. did somebody stick a needle in my arm and it just kind of hurts now? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's no secret that there are side effects. The question is, are the benefits worth the side effects? And clearly the answer is yes. Well, there's another. St- so that story's on wisdomnews.com. And then there's another story on wisdomnews.com. And the headline, nearly all COVID deaths in the U.S. now are among the unvaccinated, which you sent me earlier today, too. Um, so, yes. I mean, you can you can have your arm hurt a little bit from getting a shot or, you know, you could die. Yeah, so there were 18,000 COVID-19 deaths in May, and only 150 of the people who died were unvaccinated. So that amounts to less than 1% of the deaths were among the fully vaccinated. The rest were among partially or totally unvaccinated people. Yeah, so, I mean, and a lot of people, less than 1%, well, less than 1% of people that are dying of COVID, there's... You know, so like there's this the, the like domino effect of that. But um, yeah, the, the, the other the other aspect of that is 18,000 people died in May of COVID. Yeah. So well, is the, a, month, a month where we basically had declared the pandemic over. Right. So that <laughs> the, like part of me is like it, we, we have no context. I think any right. COVID story that has this amount of deaths should have some context. Like this is how many. That's um, like the Pfizer Forum, right? <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. The whole Pfizer. Yeah. The Bucks uh, Arena. 18,000. Uh, so any amount, like 18,000 people died in May of COVID, 18,000 people died in a car accident right. or something like that. Some kind of context or 18,000 right. people died of the flu. Like, right. We didn't even think about people dying of the flu really until COVID came around. And then people were like, people die of the flu. It was kind of a, kind of a surprise to certain people I, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, just con- like, and I don't know if, if I think, I think you would have to go car accidents or. I think that's probably about it because that, that's the one thing that we can all relate to. We're all in a car at, at any point in time where we can go, oh, wow, that's not a lot or a lot. I, and, and still, I don't even know. 18,000 seems like a lot to me, but maybe it isn't. I think a big story in this pandemic is that people just kind of got numb to the statistics. Yeah. Right. Because the statistics at the peak of the pandemic were so unfathomably awful mm-hmm. in terms of the number of cases and the number of deaths that, yeah, at some point, they just lose their impact. Well, it's like trying to tell somebody that Jeff Bezos makes like $2.3 billion, and I don't, I'm just throwing a number out there, two point or $1.3 million a second. Yeah, it's just numbers you know, it's that like, our brains really can't like, understand. Okay, I don't really, I guess maybe if you, I, I guess you could probably understand $1.3 million, you know, a minute or a second, because we all, but, uh, you know, but if you say Jeff Bezos made uh, $4.7 billion during the pandemic, you'd be like... Okay, well, is that a lot? I mean, that's a lot, but is it a lot? You know, for... Did you add to any of that on Prime Day? <laughs> I didn't use Prime on Prime Day. I looked at Prime Day and I go, wow, um, a lot of the ads on Prime Day, a lot of the ads, right? They're all ads. A lot of the sales were like, buy Sony, buy a Sony, um, what are we buying nowadays? I was going to say a DVD player. <laughs> Like buy a Sony sixty five Sony Sony flat screen TVs yeah. from five to thirty percent off. Okay, well that's just any day. <laughs> like unless you're gonna give me the Sony TV for five literally dollars, then I'm not going to prime it. Um, Scott's, I think this is we got a caller come calling in before we go to break. If you want to jump on here, uh, hey caller, you're on the air. Who's this? It's Scotty, guys. Hey Scott, what you got? Couple things. Um. About the, you know, about the vaccine, I'm still not sure. I mean, I went and got it. And 
Now I'm hearing because you had it, you didn't need it. There's different things. People that I know work in the industry. One of my my buddies is a doctor down in Iowa, Iowa and he he his buddy tried to get his wife to take it, and the doctor said, "Well, I didn't take it yet because I had it." You know, we don't know where still all the science is. I had, I still have, I think effects from the last shot. I'm achy like you can't believe. I'm very kind of in tune to my body because I had a couple surgeries, neck surgery and back surgery for, for the work I do. I sit at a bench all day and make teeth, but I was feeling so good until I got this second one. And man, and I am, it's just starting to go away. It's been over two weeks, but my joints all ache. I don't know what this means. I don't know what I put in my body and it's not even FDA approved. All right. Th- thanks for the call, Scott. I got a break for, for uh, Brad doing the news, but, um, yeah, and imagine what would have happened if you would have gotten COVID. You might, you, there might be the same effect. So, and to that point, I think full FDA approval will be an important step because that'll just give people additional confidence in mm-hmm. the safety and the uh, efficacy of the vaccine. Unless they don't approve it. Dun dun dun. dun, dun. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Chergoski is in here with me. We forgot to get his own music. We've got to do that one of these days. Also, you won an award, Chergoski. We didn't even tell that last week. You had won an award uh, as a like some kind of prestigious UW Lacrosse Teachers Award from the students, right? The students? Yeah, I was super honored. There are six faculty members at UWL named each year to receive what's called the Eagle Teaching Award is totally done by the students. The students nominate professors and then just based on whatever nominations come in, they pick the award winners. And I was super honored to be one of the people receiving the award this year. Now, if, if you just, if you lump all faculty, all te- all professors, where do you where do you sit age range? Are you really young amongst most of the professors? Yeah, yeah. I I, I think at, I'm 30, and I think that's very much very much on the low end for a faculty member. All right. So do you think maybe you won this award because of the <laughs> Zoom calls, the, the online classes, and none of the old professors are even in the bidding for this award because the they never because they screw up the the online classes all the time. So really. The, the, the professors from like 26 to 34 are the only ones that are really going to win a war during a pandemic. Hey, if you can mute and unmute at the proper times, then you're going in the right direction. <laughs> the and right if direction. you can figure out screen sharing so you can put up your slides. So they don't see you. So they don't see you. If you can figure that stuff out. Then you're like a Zoom master at that point. <laughs> so I like mastered Zoom, but now after a semester two semesters plus of using zoom i never want to use it again never want it but you probably will right like that'll probably be a pretty big part of do you think you'll just okay so if you're in maybe you did this already when you're the 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 students are in class with you are you still doing zoom are you still turning the camera on no so what i did was i taped lessons and then students would come into the classroom physically to discuss the material Though we did have some Zoom sessions for the students when we had to have that period back in September where the campus sort of shut down for a mm-hmm. little bit due to the COVID outbreak. Yeah. We, but, we put the, the, the students on lockdown, right? That, that yeah, was kind of like the, pretty much. I mean, it, it, the virus, 
I think. I remember I, walking around campus yeah. during that time. First of all, the rims were taken off the basketball hoops. Uh, kids were going. I say kids, but they're all you know. Most of them are eighteen. They were going to this tent to get food, and then they were kind of yeah. eating in the courtyard. And just the whole aura, you could feel like the aura of campus is kind of on a weird, maybe just the whole city, really, or or the whole world. Uh, Massive shout out to our students for weathering that, because they were in such difficult situations throughout this past year plus. They stuck in there like champs. And like you said, Rick, that was a tough situation to be like locked down in your dorm room and have to go to like a tent to get their meals. I mean, we were doing the best that we could under the circumstances, but we were asking a lot of the students and they hung in there with us. So shout out to our students. We have amazing students here in lacrosse. And I think that our community needs to really appreciate that, that we have some of the best students here in Wisconsin and, and we really need to value their presence in this community. Yeah, the students can go down to downtown Lacrosse on a Friday. <laughs> also, I mean, how tough is it to just? I mean, the the video, the the amount of video games you'll have to play because you're locked down in your dorm. I mean, man, I played so many video games in college; it's unreal. Um, all right, so but I appreciate it, and congratulations on winning that award, and congratulations on being blocked on Twitter by Dan Bongino, uh, the new the new uh, conservative talk show host taking over for Rush Limbaugh on our airwaves. Uh, have you listened to him at all? Honestly, I haven't. I can't say that I have. I'm not familiar with him. I think he's one of this sort of new generation of broadcasters or like conservatives that get their start in podcasting and then sort of move their way up to the radio. And that seems to be what he's done. And hey, podcasts are huge. They seem to be a big stepping stone nowadays to bigger and better things in the media. We'll see. I mean, this thing goes to podcasts. We started radio, then podcasts. But Dan is, you know, like he gets to say he was a Secret Service agent. Yeah. And before that, he was a New York City police officer. Um, so right down the alley of, of that, you know, people that want to listen to to conservative talk that's right right down their alley they want to listen to oh you were a secret he was a secret service agent under obama though so hmm, he must have all that dirt on obama oh, then right yeah yeah <laughs> but it's um okay so another interesting thing that happened today Derek chauvin 22 and a half years in prison this is where the memes come out where um Derek chauvin killing a guy 22 and a half years uh black guy in some other state, some other place, uh life in prison for stealing a, a jacket or something like that. You'll start seeing those memes. Um but it's like, well, does that does that person live in Minneapolis? Is there so you start drawing the comparisons. How many people in Minneapolis are serving sentences over twenty two years for stuff that isn't killing somebody, you know, like that there there should be be some restitution there for those people. I think those comparisons are helpful in terms of putting this sentence into context. And it is worth noting that this sentence could have been harsher. The judge could have gone up to 30 years. I know that's what the state was asking for, 30 years. With good behavior, it's apparently likely that Derek Chauvin could get out in like 15 years. So I know that some people think that the sentence is on the light side, and I I respect those views because... Frankly, this wasn't the full sentence that the prosecutors were asking for. And uh, in another sentencing that happened this week, an Indiana woman, 120 hours of community service, $500 fine, I think three years of probation um, for storming the Capitol. She said she went to, she stormed the Capitol to uh, support then President Donald Trump to quote unquote, save America. 
I, 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 did she accomplish it? I don't know. And then the very next day, she goes on a cable news channel, a very popular cable news channel, to smirk and laugh and giggle about what she had done and about the penalty that had been imposed. So I'm not exactly sure she has been reformed or that she has learned her lesson, Rick. Yeah, is is that what these punishments are supposed to do? I guess That's maybe presumably. I guess you know, be, it would be funny if the judge in that case said, "Oh, you know what? I saw your bit on whatever channel. Yeah, uh, your 120 hours of community service will now be. You will have to do this for 120 hours. That would be interesting. You it, know? it was making a total mockery of the judge in this case because she clearly was not taking this seriously. Was clearly, you know, she she in the sentencing hearing was crying and she was apologizing to the judge and apologizing to the American people. And then the very next day singing a very different tune. All right. So there's, so there's that. Um, when, when we come back after Chergosky's favorite thing, Scott's comment, and then Brad doing the news, when we come back, uh, I want to talk about the, the flurry of bills that the Wisconsin state legislature passed or, or yeah, passed, right? They passed yeah. the bills. It's just a matter of whether the governor assigned them, um, including, you know, so, what were some of the, there was the hair braid bill, which, which sure. we talked about the other day, not me and you, but I talked about the other day. Um, you mentioned there was a gun sanctuary bill. Yep. You mentioned one too, that I just missed. Oh, the pledge, not, not the, the national, national anthem, anthem yeah. the national anthem, a mandatory, playing of the national anthem before sporting events. So, so Rick, own... how's your singing voice? Because when you play pickup ball, you might have to <laughs> belt out the if national we, anthem. If we play some pickup ball in, in a school, right? Because that'll yeah. be a state-owned building, right, essentially? Um, yeah, what happens, it, that, that's interesting, too, because what happens, this always happens at a high school event, the 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 tape, the the CD or whatever, the, the PA system doesn't work. So then what? You know, because you, I've been at enough high school events where the national anthem doesn't play, and and then we all do the Pledge of Allegiance, which is always super weird. Um, doing that in front of all these my Pledge of Allegiance, everyone's in there doing the Pledge of Allegiance because we couldn't play the national anthem. Um, all right, Scott's comment coming up. Brad doing the news. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608-785-7914. UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski banned on Twitter, blocked on Twitter from Dan Bongino, the new guy on Wisdom in place of Russia's spot. So if you want to know Chagoski's opinions on Tell Dan Bongino to uncancel me. Should we should bring him on? Maybe you guys <laughs> bring him on next Friday. Have you guys work things out a little bit? Just talk it over. We should find the tweet. Can you find the tweet or when he blocks you, does it block any like, because I feel I like. I can look through my feed. I've tweeted like 10,000 times. Though, right. So yeah. It, it, you and your, you kids, you kids and your Twitter, <laughs> your Twitters. Uh, speaking of kids, uh, I got this text. Hi, Rick. I loved Mitch when he did lacrosse talk. Gave you a year, uh, gave you a year to be like him. I had to be like Mitch. Otherwise, uh, you know, because I'm not my own person. And clearly when me and Mitch were on the show together. I was not like Mitch then, so why would I be like Mitch now? Uh, but they continue, I think you're way too young to understand what's going on in the real world. I know, I can't get, still waiting to get my fridge fixed and my bathroom fixed. I'm just too young to figure it out. Uh, when you have kids someday, you will wake up and figure out these future generations will pay for today's mistakes. And just try to be a cop in today's world. So a big, one, a big right turn here. I don't know if we're doing a 180. but uh, So when I have kids, I'll figure out that... They are going to have to pay for our mistakes today. Are we talking climate change, probably? Well, 
I think, Rick, there's a two-step process here. First, you need to be more like Mitch, and then you also need to become a cop. And well, we didn't get to that part. Okay, yet. we'll get to that part. I had to be 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 like Mitch. Be like Mitch, and then have kids. And have kids. Okay. And be more of an adult. Be more of an adult. Well, I'm way too young, so I just need to get older. And get older. Okay, I'm 42, so I don't know. Uh, but continuing, and just try to be a cop in today's world. Go give it a try, Rick. I have a brother that just retired as a police officer. He was a wonderful officer. Our whole family talked to him, talked him into retiring because of today's world. Go give that job a try. I dare you. Well, if you just talk to your family member about being a cop and now you want to retiring and now you want, that sounds like a threat, a little passive aggressive though, but like, Hey, we told our family member to, to retire. It's too, today's world's too hard on cops, but now Rick, you should go be a cop. So kind of a passive aggressive threat, don't well, you think? Well, are, are you going to do it? Well, are you going to be like Mitch? Are you going to be a cop or are you going to try to pull both off at the same time? Well, I gotta have kids and have kids. Do, which in which There's a order? There's going on here. Rick. If I have kids, then I'm I'm the, I probably don't won't have time to be a cop because well the you know what though, do they have childcare? Do they get their childcare paired for? Because Quick Trip's doing childcare, so which is smart by the way. Yeah, definitely. So I could go to Quick Trip. Uh, Candace texted and she's gonna look for the Dan Bongino tweet they sent out. <laughs> Candace. Lives on Twitter, so she's going to find it. So screenshot that, Candace. Um, when, any time frame to give her some, just a time. When would you have you have retweeted or quote tweeted Dan Bongino? I have no idea, Rick, because I was checking his Twitter when I learned he would be on Wisdom, and I guess I can't go on there now. I'm yeah. blocked. Well, do you have a burner account? I don't. You don't have a burner Twitter account? You sign in. I in, probably should. Sign in incognito, incognito window on Google Chrome, and then just, I think you could browse his, because you need to know what Dan Bongino, if you're going to work here on Fridays at Wisdom, you need to know what Bongino is, <laughs> is doing during the week. Otherwise, um, Candace says, I do not, all caps, live on Twitter. She do- totally does. <laughs> uh, all right. So, okay, Brad, Brad came in here uh, huffing and puffing that we need to talk about Ron Johnson. Um, my question is, what is Ron Johnson besides a senator in of uh, representing Wisconsin in the U.S. Senate? Um, it, it, as a political science professor, Ron Johnson, I feel like Ron Johnson touts any and every conspiracy conspiracy theory out there about any and everything, from QAnon to the vaccine to the virus itself to the Capitol riots to. What else? Just the Democrats stole the election. Uh, is he ta- he's taking every lane. Why, what, is, what is that? Why? What strategy is there? Ron Johnson is one of the most unique members of Congress because you have these people who are bombastic, who throw around conspiracy theories, who use partisan rhetoric, who use inflammatory rhetoric. You have lots of these people in Congress that really focus on getting in the media. You have lots of these people like Ron Johnson. The difference between Ron Johnson and, say, like the AOCs or the Marjorie Taylor Greens is that most people who use really inflammatory rhetoric, most people who seek out the media spotlight, most people who try to really please their base are in safe districts or safe seats. Wisconsin is a 50-50 state. 
Yeah, so it's it, really unusual to see a member of Congress from an evenly divided area seek out attention that is bound to alienate one half of their constituency. So you could you could probably draw the conclusion that A, he's probably not rerunning for Senate. Sure. Or B, you got to give him some props. He really stands yeah. up for what he believes in because he really doesn't care about what he believes in what he believes. He doesn't care about the the votes, so to speak, right? There's a, it's a it's almost a terrible it's a terrible political strategy. But as far as like uh you know like uh, this is what I believe I'm going to say what I believe I'm not gonna yep. can't I'm not gonna pander to the the rest of the base to get them to vote for me. But then again, you're if you're gonna represent the state, you probably need to pander a little bit because you're representing a whole state. You should probably your viewpoint shouldn't be that of of one side. It should be that of what your constituents believe. Exactly, Rick. And what you end up with in this situation is half of the state that will walk over broken glass to vote for Ron Johnson and half of the state that will walk over broken glass to vote against Ron Johnson. And to have such a polarizing figure is unusual at the congressional level. The polarizing figure in American politics is usually the president. Mm-hmm. But to have a senator who is as polarizing as Ron Johnson with people who absolutely love him and people who absolutely can't stand him, that is unique in American politics because, again, most of our attention is on presidential politics, not necessarily on the Senate or on the House. Now we're getting uh, – I'll send this screenshot to you, but um, so that you could see it on the text line here. Um, but we'll, we'll do that in a second. The, uh, the idea that – Ron Johnson just he, he, when when you okay first of all you said people are going to walk over broken glass nobody's walking over bro- broken glass for this election right because it's a tweener election I mean the president <laughs> yeah, the isn't on the ballot yeah. nobody's walking on broken glass I mean some people will to vote for or against Ron Johnson but this is just ridiculous but this that, is going to drive up turnout though I mean you're right Rick. Voter turnout in 2022 is going to take a big drop compared to 2020 because it's a midterm election, because there's no presidential race on the ballot. But the fact that Ron Johnson is so polarizing is bound to drive up turnout just because people love him or hate him. And both of those things drive turnout. Unless he's not on the ballot. Unless he's not on the ballot. But then you're driving turnout to get to the ballot. I mean, the strategy there for him then as a Republican would be to... to to draw drive up attention and then not run if he's if, if for a Republican? Frankly, I think many Democrats hope that he runs. Yeah, no, William Garcia, Democratic Party chair here in La Crosse, uh, we talked about it. He said, yeah, definitely. Because I think the average generic Republican in Wisconsin would win that race in 2022. Oh, you think so? Oh, because, because it's an off year, because right? Because it's an off year election with a Democratic president. That always favors, or almost always, favors the other party. But this time, when people's views of someone are so intense and so baked in, that might lessen the overall impact of, well, this year happens to favor one party. Well, not necessarily if people are just so have their they just so have their minds made up about a particular figure and either want him to win or want him to lose and feel very intensely about that fact. 
Is there a Democrat equivalent to Ron Johnson? I mean, I would say you could go Bernie Sanders, but he's... But he's in a lopsided state, though. Well, in that regard, but the things that Ron Johnson say are, are like... Are, are wacky conspiracy things. I, I, Bernie Sanders isn't doing conspiracy theories the, in the other direction. I think you could, if you look through the House of Representatives and you look through the Senate, you could find some Democrats who use similarly inflammatory and partisan rhetoric. But again, Rick, the big difference is that they would be in seats that are 80% Democrat, yeah, and they would worry. never, ever, ever, ever lose their election. And their only threat would be getting primaried losing a primary election from a competitor within their party. All right. Kent's been waiting on hold. Kent, thanks for waiting on hold. You're on the air. Go ahead, man. Hey, I wanted to call on Rick and uh, congratulate the doctor there for his uh, student nomination. Like I called you guys a couple weeks ago, I told you I knew some students that attended his courses, and two of those are two of my nieces. And I, you know, I, I'm a conservative conservative and i know you guys are on the liberal side but i asked these two young ladies i said what what stroke struck you most about him and they were like well he never he listened to both sides of the story you know it's not like these a lot of these other campuses where they're brainwashing students this is what my nieces are telling me they're a little older now and they're they're wise but uh they're very impressed with what you do for them professor and you know i, I just want to really let you know i appreciate that too so well thank you ken that's so kind of you all right, buddy. Well, I, I appreciate it. And Dan Bongino used to be an ex-NYPD cop, and he also served with the CIA. So he's not a podcast guy. He's got a lot of background going into this stuff. But You're not listening, Kent. We brought that up. You are not. You go back and listen to the oh. podcast later. <laughs> okay. I, I don't no, listen kidding. to the podcast. No, I'm, I'm just, just listening to what you guys say. But anyway, congrats, Doc, on your nomination with the students. I know they appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right, and then and, and and good job, Rick, too. Right? No, and Rick. <laughs> I do this at volleyball all the time. Somebody will have a <laughs> like a great spike, and then maybe a nice set for the spike. And I made the pass and be like, and they'll be like, "Oh, nice hit, nice set, thanks, yeah." And I'll be like, "Good pass, too, Rick." And I'll say it like it, like I. It's not me, but everyone's like, "Who said that, Rick? Wait, did you say that?" Should I have you as a guest speaker in class? <laughs> no, so like, only no, on no? only on Zoom. Okay, <laughs> only <awesome>. on Zoom. <laughs> Um. Yeah, Dan Bongino. When Kent, when I say listen to the podcast, you, you can listen to the show later if you want by going to wisdomnews.com/podcast or just look up Lacrosse Talk PM. So when you miss the show with Ken Gilliam yesterday talking about whether or not the fire chief burns his marshmallows or if he likes to brown them just right, you know the quote unquote perfect brown. Uh, you can hear that even even if you miss the show. Um, yeah, this the and and trying to decipher Ron Johnson. I don't think there. So there is no like nobody knows what the H is doing, right? Are, do you think Republicans are kind of like Ron? What are you What are you doing? Yeah, there are some rumors that he's not the favorite within his party in the Senate, and that's not surprising because he's an outlier in many ways. He's an outlier in terms of his ideology. He's an outlier in terms of the type of media attention he seeks out. And he's an outlier in terms of the types of things he say, so, says. So he is far from your typical Senate Republican. And I think that he probably has an uneasy relationship with his colleagues. All right. We've got to take one more break. We'll be back after this on Wisdom. 
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Dr. Anthony Tregoski, UW Lacrosse political science professor and award student award winner. What is the what's the award called again? Eagle Teaching Award. Eagle Teaching Award. That's a pretty basic name there. Eagle Teaching oh, Award. Oh, UW Lacrosse Eagles. The outstanding professor, Eagle Teaching uh, honorary. No, I don't know. <laughs> so you just got to make it wordy. You got to make it an acronym, right? If it was the government, it, it would be some kind of like. It would, it would, in fact, the acronym would be EAGLE. It would be like educational, uh, and then go from there. A, <laughs> I, I can't do it. I can't do it on the spot. Um, all right. So I, I do, we did mention we were going to talk about the Wisconsin state legislature. Uh, they passed a, they just a, a flurry of bills. At one point, I texted Steve Doyle a couple of days ago. I'm like, hey, Steve, can you come on and try to like decipher some of the things? And he's like, no, we're still in session. And it was just in the midst of, and I think he said 60-some bills. Um, and, and in my head, I'm thinking, okay, this is, our, our state legislature is cramming. So we're going to cram all the work into one, into one. we're all going to get, let's, you know what, guys, let's all go to Madison and say we're going to work. We'll get in session. We'll pass all this crap right away. If imagine, imagine the policing bill. It's banning chokeholds. Some of the there's other there are there are other parts of that bill. I think there were you know parts that Tony Evers is gonna is going to veto anyway. But imagine getting something so serious into police reform bills that you, okay, you're debating, you're in session. One side, hey, what about this? You know, I had this study, whatever. Um, and then going, and then, you know, somebody looks at their watch. Hey, we got like 45 more bills to pass here in session. It's already 4.30 p.m. I'm getting a little, my tummy's getting a little rumbly. Maybe we should move along this police reform bill. We got some other bills, a gun sanctuary bill. We need to get the bill to to to, to force people to play the national anthem before sporting events. We got to get that bill through. Uh, it just seems like, uh, you know, you, and, and literally the, the legislature went 10 months during a pandemic without passing a single bill or even debating a bill. You could have maybe trickled a couple of those in there. But what's what's going Is this typical? It's not uncommon for there to be a flurry of activity at particular points on the legislative calendar. And Rick, what I would add to that is we've got budget votes coming up next week in both the state assembly and the state senate. So not only do we have this flurry of activity on all kinds of things from policing to Second Amendment to, uh, you know, you, you name it. Well, this is the, the par- this is part anthem. of the problem. There's so many things that went through that you kind of just you lose track. You're like, I'm, yeah, I forgot about four or five of the bills that were super important. And that is problematic from the standpoint of accountability, because we want to hold legislators accountable. We want to understand what they're doing. And if they pack a bajillion pieces of legislation into like a day, there's no room for accountability there because we're just overloaded with information. We're overloaded with legislative items that are just coming at us. And we don't, it doesn't seem like we get any warning for some of these bills. I could be wrong. Like one, they pass the assembly one day, the next day they pass the Senate and they head to Governor Evers' desk. And it's like, I didn't even know this bill was a thing. Like, oh, and you're voting on it? I feel like there, there, there's got to be a better, you know, maybe that's the media's job in getting, hey, this person proposed this bill. But all of a sudden, there's 60 on the table, and they're signing them left and right. So how do we even, like, you, can't, you there's not even, like, a, I, fi- I think maybe the, if the Senate and the Assembly, if the Senate passes, like, there's no, there's no middle time there to, like, call your legislature and be right. like, hey, this bill's ridiculous. Nowadays, in legislat- state legislatures and in Congress, 
it's fashionable to just let party leaders do what they're going to do to take the reins and to not have things go through what we would call regular order, which means going through the committee process, going through an extended debate, opportunities to amend, opportunities the, to the wolf discuss. hunt. The wolf hunt is uh, is something contentious at the DNR level in Wisconsin. How many wolves should we allow hunters to kill? We we pushed that through last year because a a, a group out of I think St. Louis wanted to, the wolf hunt to go, so they sued Wisconsin, which is like, hey, maybe outside hunting um, groups shouldn't be able to to change what the legislature is going to do or what the uh, DNR is going to do in terms of a wolf hunt. But they forced the wolf hunt through a judge, and then and then they they killed way more wolves than was the quota because they didn't there were no checks and balances. But now they're having like a public comment section or a public, uh, is that what it's called? Public comment Sure. Um, you know, over a couple of months so that you can, and it's kind of hard to go through the process. You got to figure it out a little bit. Once you get there, it's okay. But that's just to find it is, is difficult. Um, but then the DNR will take into account. Well, at least they'll know there is an account. A, a lot of times those public comments get ignored, but there should be a public comment section, maybe on every bill the, the legislature passes. And instead of just having this flurry of activity and Rick, it just continues into next week because by this time next week, we'll have a budget that is passed through the state Senate, the state assembly. Then it goes to Tony Evers. We see what he does. Yeah. And the, in the budget, if you saw the news today, if you read the news, wisdomnews.com. Uh, Republican budget would cut property taxes by fifty dollars. That's the headline. The rest of the the rest of the story is fifty dollars over the next two years, so twenty five dollars uh, property taxes. Um, and I, whether or not that's good, you know, a lot of times you argue twenty five dollars is going to be a lot to a to to a person, but twenty five dollars over a year is like two bucks a month. So um, I don't know how how great that is, but yeah, the budget process. You got ten seconds. We going to get the budget done by August. Yes. Oh, we are. Okay. Well, you, you could have took. <laughs> you even need 10 seconds. You did it in 10 seconds. All right. That's UW Lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Jagoski. Kent, if you want to listen to to our answer on Dan Bongino, wisdomnews.com slash podcast or look up Lacrosse Talk PM wherever you download podcasts. Have a good weekend.